All right, turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Through the summer, we've been in the book of Psalms, and this will be our last psalm uh, for this year, Psalm 23. I know one you guys have never heard of. Um, But next week, we'll go back into the book of John uh, in in chapter 17. But as we get going this morning, Psalm 23, if you're using one of the blue chair Bibles, it's on page 458. I have to start with a little bit of a confession. So every Tuesday, I get together with Pastor Dave and Steve Morgan and Highland, and we talk about the previous sermon that I just gave and the future one, and often that means they get to do the hard work for me. And this week is no exception, so I want to begin with a story that I stole from Highland with his blessing, of course. The story is about Billy Graham, and in January of 2000, Billy Graham was invited by the leaders of Charlotte, North Carolina to attend a dinner given in his honor. Highland writes this, Billy initially hesitated to accept the invitation because he struggled with Parkinson's disease. But the Charlotte leader said, we don't expect a major address, just come and let us honor you. So he agreed. After wonderful things were said about him, Dr. Graham stepped to the rostrum, looking at the crowd and said, I'm reminded today of Albert Einstein the great physicist who this month has been honored by Time magazine as the man of the century. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of each passenger. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached in his vest pocket. He couldn't find his ticket, so he reached in his other pocket. It wasn't there, so he looked in his briefcase but couldn't find it. Then he looked in the seat by him. He couldn't find it there. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle punching tickets. As he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under the seat for his ticket. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. No problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, Young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. Highland continues, having said that, Billy Graham continued, see the suit I'm wearing? It's a brand new suit. My wife, my children, and my grandchildren are telling me I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. I used to be a bit more fastidious. So I went out and bought a new suit for this luncheon and one more occasion. You know what that occasion is? This is the suit in which I'll be buried. 
But when you hear I'm dead, I don't want you to immediately remember the suit I'm wearing. I want you to remember this. I not only know who I am, I also know where I'm going. And I want to use that idea to look at a very familiar passage in Psalm 23. That as we see who God describes himself in Psalm 23, we're going to learn about who we are. And as an extension of that, we are going to learn and see where we are going. Our big idea, if you're using the outline provided in your bulletin, is this. We can have peace and joy because of the provision, guidance, and protection of God both today and forever. So let's look with fresh eyes at Psalm 23. Point number one in your outline there, we're going to learn that I am a sheep. Let's look at verses one to four. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As the beginning verses of Psalm 23 open, we see the picture of God as shepherd. And I want to subdivide this part of the passage by looking at the results of God being our shepherd. And the first result we find in verse 1. I shall not want. I shall not be worried about my needs. Here, the emphasis on the Lord providing for his people. And we get a picture of this in how a shepherd provides for his sheep. So look at verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, this is where it is important to remember that the Old Testament was not written in our geographical context. There are states in our country that are full of green pastures. There are parts of this island where the green pastures stretch on for acres. We must remember that in the part of the world in which the Old Testament is written, the nation of Israel there are not these huge green fields as we see them. Psalm 23 was not written in Iowa. And so there was a need for shepherds to lead their sheep to where food and water was because it wasn't everywhere. This highlights our need for God to provide for our needs. And that just as a shepherd will do that for his flock, so does our God. This draws us back to an application we've talked about before of where do you trust for your provision? Do you trust in your job or your paycheck or your retirement fund or do you trust in the Lord? 
because one of those things is trustworthy. And that is the Lord, your shepherd. And so we do not need to be worried about our needs. In fact, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And he is a good father and a good shepherd. And there's one thing we need to notice here in verse 1. The Lord is identified as my shepherd. And what's significant about this is that especially in the Old Testament, the biblical writers often speak of corporate identity. So it might be written, the Lord is our shepherd, and there's a lot of good to be understood in that. But here there is an emphasis on God is your shepherd. God is my shepherd. What I think that it communicates is that there is a personal, loving relationship that can be yours, that can be mine, with the God of the universe. And this God that cares for you individually, he will provide. You don't need to worry because your shepherd provides for you. And we see in his provision, verse 3, that it is life and joy giving. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Our personal relationship with the God of the universe and his provision restores your life and your soul. And it is only through trusting him, not your ability to make money, not the ability of your retirement fund to grow in the stock market, but it is in him and his provision that gives us life and joy. The second result comes in verse 4. So first we have, I shall not want, and in verse 4 we have, I will fear no evil. What takes away fear from David? What is it about God's care that removes fear? First, again, using this shepherd metaphor, we see leading the sheep. God leads and guides us. Look at verse 3, the second part. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The book of Psalms is a part of the wisdom literature of the Bible, and often what is used in the Psalms and in other wisdom literature is the idea of two paths. There are two paths to take. One is God's path, and the other path leads away from the Lord. And here we see that God leads us in the paths of righteousness, his paths. And part of not fearing is we know that God will never lead us astray. He will never lead you to sin or to be foolish or to a life that is full of negative consequences. 
when we submit ourselves to God's word and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we do not have to fear because it is God leading us. And so the question is, will you follow your shepherd? Or will you run away from the flock? And when you think about it in that terms, you think about what happens to the sheep that runs away from the flock. Answer, nothing good. (laughs) So we have nothing to fear when we follow our shepherd. And the second is similar, and that is a shepherd also guards the sheep. Look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Now, it is easy to see that a sheep, at least comparative to other animals, is pretty defenseless. Okay, there's not a lot of angry sheep that you have to be worried about. Again, wolf versus sheep, wolf wins every time. So they need a shepherd that has both a rod and a staff. And why those two words? One author defining this for us writes, A shepherd carried a rod to club down wild animals and a staff to keep the sheep in control. The rod and the staff were the two tools of the trade, and specifically the rod was used to beat off the wild animals, the bears, the lions, the wolves. And it is in God's protection that we fear no evil, even when, look at the beginning of verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, the phrase shadow of death has made Psalm 23 commonly used in funerals. The reference to death is pretty obvious. And that is definitely included in our understanding of this, but it is more than that. The shadow of death, more broadly speaking, is a superlative image for deep darkness. The darkness that represents the uncertainty of life. And oftentimes our impending death or the death of others is that dark night of the soul. But again, it it includes that, but it is broader to that. And so the idea here, the larger idea, is that God is with you in the worst of times. Those dark, dark nights where you feel like you have no hope. Even then... Because of the protection of God, you do not have to fear. Even in the worst times, you are protected and you don't have to be afraid. So as one of God's sheep, that's who you are if you have placed your personal trust in Christ, you do not have to want And you do not have to fear. And it's at this point in the psalm, verses 5 and 6, that we see 
our second aspect of identity. So for sheep, in verses 1 to 4, in point 2 in your outline there, in verses 5 to 6, we're going to see that we are, that I am a dinner guest. So let's look at verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now to subdivide this part of the psalm, I want to focus on the descriptions of time that we see in these two verses. And the first one of those we find in verse 6, where he says, all the days of my life. So let's see what happens every day of David's life. And the first aspect of that is overflowing blessing. Look again at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The picture of blessing begins with dinner. And the picture is of a banquet set up by God. And what is odd about this is that this dinner is set up in the presence of my enemies. Now again, as Highland pointed out at our Tuesday meeting, there is a great story of David where he does have dinner when he is on the run from his son Absalom. And that chapter of his life, when he was in danger of his life, there's a great story, and you can find that in 2 Samuel 17, verse 27. So there is a personal experience that is probably behind these words. Because normally, if you are in the presence of your enemies, the last thing you're thinking of is setting up a picnic. But when we belong to God, we can feast no matter the circumstances. And the enemies of God do not stop God, cannot stop God from blessing us. And in the second part of verse 5, what is emphasized is the generosity of that blessing. Look at that second part of verse 5. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The commentators tell us that the idea of oil is a picture of God's reward and that the cup is a picture of his provision. And in this case, we see the generosity of both his reward for faithfulness and the abundance of his provision. So you anoint my head with oil, and the picture is the oil isn't just going to stay on top of your head. I mean, maybe if you have a ton of hair. But for most of us, what's it going to do? It's going to drip down all over your head and face. The picture is of God abundantly rewarding his faithful people for doing what is right and good. And the glass is neither half full or half empty but it is overflowing. 
So not only do we experience God's blessing in any situation, our God is abundantly generous with us. And not just on some days, not just every other week, or not just on the third Tuesday of the month, but all the days of my life. Let's look at the second aspect of this in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Every day, you are pursued by the goodness and mercy of God. Think back to the picture of the shepherd, because while it's not as clearly in verses 5 and 6, I think there's some tie-over from verses 1 to 4. It is clear from other parts of the Bible that one of the reasons God uses shepherds and sheep as analogies for our relationship with him and us is that sheep are always running away. So you think of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray, each of us to his own way. So what does a shepherd need to do? He needs to run after the sheep. How does God run after you? He run, runs after you with goodness and mercy. Not just when he feels like it. Not just when he has enough God energy that day. What is it, verse 6? All the days of my life. Every single day, God shows you his love, his goodness, and his grace. God does not take days off. God does not run out of mercy points. His mercy is new every morning. His mercy and loving kindness towards us is every single day. But we also know that that's not the end of the story. And that's not where the psalm ends. It would be amazing to stop there and to know that every day God is blessing us and pursuing us with his goodness and mercy, but the psalm does not end there because our lives with our shepherd do not end there. Look at the end of verse 6. So we had all the days of my life. What's the next time stamp? Verse 6, forever. We read verse 6 again. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In addition to our daily blessing from God in this life, we know that there is a future blessing for the person who is one of God's sheep. There is a future blessing that those who belong to the Lord will not just experience the blessings of God in this life, but will receive the ultimate blessing, which is eternal life. 
those who are God's sheep and his dinner guests will dwell in the house of the Lord, not for a little bit, not every other Tuesday, but will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, we can understand why this is such a commonly used psalm for funerals. Because it is a view of life that includes both the here and the now, but also includes eternity. We do not have to fear, we do not have to worry about our needs, because one day we will see our shepherd face to face. One day there will be no valley of the shadow of death. Because sin will be destroyed and death will be killed. There is provision and guidance and protection all of our days. But we also look forward to eternal life, which will be blessing without end. We know that there is more than this life, and we know that we will dwell with our shepherd forever. couple points of application as we close up this morning. Number one, God is the shepherd who feeds, guides, and protects you. You do not have to fear. And you do not have to worry about your needs and your future. In one sense, I'm incredibly thankful that Psalm 23 is so familiar to many of us. That we have at least 85% memorized. (laughs) But use those familiar words to call yourself back to who you are, to who God is, and where you are going. Number two, remember your life is a banquet of God's goodness and blessing now and forever. God will reward you for what you do in obedience and love for him. God will reward you for serving others and doing what is right. God's mercy and goodness pursues you Every day. And above all, we can find peace and joy that our life with God continues into eternity where we will dwell with the Lord forever. Those who belong to the flock of God by faith in Jesus Christ have an eternal hope. Let me read to you from the book of Revelation and our future hope. And I want you to see familiar terms here. Revelation 21, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things 
have passed away. Revelation tells us we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But I also want to direct you to Revelation chapter 19. Verse 9, that says this, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. We do look forward to the ultimate dinner banquet. But we will experience the blessings of God, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And these are the true words of God. Psalm 23 takes us back to the story of Einstein. That we learn through faith in Jesus Christ we belong to God and are his flock of sheep. We see that when we are God's sheep, we have God's provision, guidance, and protection. And that we look forward to where we are going. And that we can have peace and joy knowing with confidence that all of God's sheep will one day go to be with him in eternity. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the familiar words of Psalm 23. And that as we look at them with fresh eyes, today we would see more clearly who we are as your people that you provide and guide and protect every day with great generosity and that we would look forward to the future hope we have in Christ to the future wedding supper of the Lamb that Revelation speaks of and that we would endure and persevere because we know who we are and where we go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.